I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's another episode of Rice's Routine. Welcome along. This is the show where we take a look at the working day of someone creative to eke out any tips and tricks that may help us get to work. Now, today we're chatting to J.H. Tepley. Uh, she's just released the first book in her brand new series, The Lightwatch Chronicles. It's called The Guardians, and it's not just a book. I'll get that out of the way right at the start. It's a guide. It's a little bit of self-help in there too. It's something to try and help you discover the light that is hidden somewhere inside of you. There's an energy, according to Jay, that connects you to everything else on this planet. Now, we talk about that energy and how it helps her transcend her mind and exist almost on another plane. Now, Jay calls herself a star. Uh, that's someone that has tapped into this secret of the world's relationship with energy everywhere. And she outlines the first rule of being a star. One of the main things for us is we can't do nine to five. We would rather die. <laughs> it's, it's a version of hell that is inconsiderable even. So when someone says, oh, you know, it could be a, a manager in like 10 years time who would like, I'd rather staff. <laughs> Thank you very much. But no, not ever. So we talk about that and also how she channeled her huge ideas of spirituality into an accessible novel that you can read and how for her it almost came from nowhere. The story demanded, found me somehow, demanded that I would be the channel through which it comes into the world and essentially I just obliged. So stay there. It's all on the way on this week's Writer's Routine. Yes, welcome along. Hello, welcome back. It's Writer's Routine. My name is Dan Simpson and thank you so much for giving us a listen, for downloading us and pressing play. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you'll find some nugget of creative help in the next 30 or so minutes that can help you with whatever you're working on. If that's a book or anything else creative, I like to think that we can help. Now, before we start, I've got a little footnote again to the show. Uh, I'm recording in the flat today and it is boiling hot outside. Uh, so I've opened a few windows. Now, you may get a few noise drifting through from that, but don't worry. It's fine. It's just us. Now, I've got an interesting and thought provoking chat for you today. It's with an author who some people think is the closest thing to a real life Jedi, a mind warrior. We'll talk more about her in a sec. First, I just want to say a quick thanks to the bunch of correspondence, the ton of it that we've had uh, since the last show with Garrod Conley. Now, we let the whole thing play out in full, pretty much full anyway, without any edits, which we don't normally do. I usually try and skin it down to almost the bare bones just to give you little bits of takeaways that can help you with your own work. 
And I really hope that you think it justified that decision because he's a proper, interesting, captivating chap, Garrett. Uh, he's got a brilliant story to tell and hearing about the mechanics of how he got to tell it was brilliant. Now, if you've not heard it yet, I really do emphasise how great the episode is. I mean, listen to this one first, then afterwards, download the last one with Garrett Conley because it is one of our best yet. And I urge you to, to just go and, and seek it out if you can. And then when you have, do me a favour, get on the iTunes podcast store and write a few nice things about it. Now, it's so easy. Just find Writer's Routine on there. Leave us five stars if you can. Drop your name as well so I know who you are and I can say thank you. And then we can help other people who may need some writing tips get those writing tips from some of the best writers and the best givers of those writing tips around. So simple. Please give it a go. Find Writer's Routine on the iTunes podcast store and leave us a review. Now, bear with me. I'm giving this a go and I urge you to do the same. I know that some people who may listen to the show may be spiritual. That may not be you, but I promise in the next half hour or so, you will find something that will inspire and hopefully change the way you write. It may change the whole way you look at the world as well, because today's guest brings us something just a little bit different, right? J.H. Tepley has written The Lightwatch Chronicles and part one called The Guardians. It's just been released. Now on the blurb, uh, it's described as Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. But for Jay, it's so much more than that kind of simple comparison. You see, she believes that the world is made up of beings called stars. And it's not just for her, actually. All manner of scientists, including Einstein, I think, used to think this. I've read that somewhere. Maybe she told me as well. Anyway, it's basically that everything is made of energy. And because all energy is interconnected, it lets you tap in to everything, really. You can talk to things. You can see through time. You can chat to the dead. You can speak to the inanimate. Now, I have no real deep thoughts about this. Could be true, could not be. It's fine. In a world of infinite possibilities, though, why can't this be real? Why can't this happen? So go with it. This chat is about that, and she explains it much better than I ever could, by the way. Uh, and also about how you take that huge idea and how you try and make it almost a guidebook that other stars can seek out and instantly understand. How did Jay do that while also making it an accessible novel? We chat about the mechanics of how that works. Also, you can find out how the idea just kind of came to her and commanded to be put down onto paper and the mental blueprint that she mapped out in her mind to get it published. We'll also get a top writing tip that may change the way you work forever. Today, it's all about reading. So stick around. That's on in a little bit. After the first part of our chat with J.H. Tepley author of The Guardians. It's the first in her Lightwatch Chronicles series. It's all about energy. This chat is all about spiritual force. And we start, as always, with the place where she sits down to work. I prefer calm and peaceful spaces, and I prefer harmony and balance. So, as you can see, this room represents what I think um, a person should be surrounded with not just for writing but for anything because if you are in harmonious surroundings then your mind becomes still and becomes more composed you know what they say as you think so you become and what goes into it is not just the content of your own mind but also what's around you so the room the flat or the house you're in, the people that you interact with the most are those ingredients that go into the mixture that creates the contents of your mind. And it's really important to make a conscious choice of 
what you want to see there, what you want your mind to be, what you want your surroundings and the people you interact with, your friends to be. So you make those conscious choices, that's why. Now the show is called Writer's Routine and in every episode I talk to a writer about their working day, how okay. they how they get the ideas from their head down onto the page and then how ultimately that becomes published so we can read it. Now, I have a feeling that with your book, it's going to be quite hard to talk about that because it's very com- it's got very complex ideas in what humanity is in it. So I think first, uh, we should talk about the story. Yes. So it's The Lightwatch Chronicles. This is book one. It's called The Guardians. Um, talk to me about it. Just in, in, in very simple terms, what is this book? This book is essentially your guiding light, so to speak, because for every reader, it describes, it teaches the reader how to tap into that power within themselves, how to understand what their life purpose is, what main obstacles you can meet when trying to follow and to find your life purpose and what to do to overcome them. So essentially, it teaches you how to become a real-life superhero, so to speak, a real-life uh, X-Men. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously, you know what? They have all those, uh, all those flashes sort of kitsch powers, but I think the true powers of the mind is when you can create a self-empowering state of mind and create an environment that is safe and inspiring and powerful for yourself and for other people because by developing yourself, you allow other people to do the same. You inspire them, you create the space for them to also grow and become more powerful. So that's what I say. It's, it, it's big things. It's, it's big, complex ideas. But you've managed to translate that into a, into a readable I've f- did my best, yes. fantasy story. I Tell us know. about the story b- before we kind of move into how it was written. Sure. So uh, the story is about four young warriors who um, had a very unfortunate, well, tragic past, I would say, because their uh, homeland, their native planet, got destroyed in a terrible war. And most of their kind died, but they were just lucky, just about lucky to survive. Uh, They weren't actually even sure whether they were that lucky, because, you know, if you... uh, outlive everyone who you ever loved and hold close. It's, it's quite tragic. But because they're um, trained warriors, they thought, well, you know, we have to get on with it. So since we're alive, we have to keep fighting and keep living the best we can. And so they travel the universe and they can't really stay anywhere for too long because the enemies, the ones who destroy their planet, um, after them as well. And so they have to keep moving and keep wandering around. And what happened, uh, one of those fights uh, actually was very unfortunate because they could only travel if all their energies were in sync. So all four of them had to be together for that. But one of the fights, one of them got missing. And because of that, they couldn't travel, so they were stuck. And they realized that being stuck in one place uh, puts them in lethal danger. So they're desperate to find that fourth guy, a fourth member of their team. And the place where they got stuck by accident is planet Earth, and it's Tokyo. So they're trying to find their way around um, in that alien to them environment. 
they were lucky because there are lots of different nationalities living in Tokyo right now, so they're not easily discoverable. They, they, they look pretty much like ourselves, slightly different, but not different to, to a point where people would start asking questions. So they, um, they're desperate to find that fourth member of their team and they can't understand why he wouldn't get in touch with them without realizing that he actually got caught by the enemies and turned. And they don't know that. So they keep looking for him. And what happens in the meanwhile... Um, some of the very powerful warriors of light are holding a council where they're deciding what to do because they know they found out that a great battle is approaching and they need to do something to outwit the enemies, to outwit the dark forces. And during that council, they realize that one of the guardians, they call themselves the guardians because there are seven of them, the guardians of time and space. So the four guardians of time and three guardians of space. Now, uh, they, uh, they realize that one of them, um, the guardian of time past, will get killed in that battle. And they understand that things happen because they're warriors, so it's, it's, perfectly, it's perfectly understandable. But... Because that guardian will get killed, they realize that someone needs to replace her because they can't leave the gates of uh, time past uh, unguarded because this is what the evil forces wanted to do. They wanted to uh, get rid of the guardian, get right through the gates and change the past of the world so they could dominate everything. They could become the absolute rulers of everything because everyone, you know, your memory is what you are. You only know what you are because of your memory, because of your story. Now, if anybody changed that story, you wouldn't know any better. So if someone said, let's say, if you lost your memory and someone else told you certain things, you would just accept it as given. So that was their idea of the dark forces, to change the memory of the entire universe. So everyone would surrender to the shadow. And the septenary, those seven guards, want to stop that from happening. So this is what the story is about. Those amongst the listeners who this book is meant to and meant for will recognize themselves straight away. Because here on this planet, in real terms, nothing to do with any fantasy books, we actually have different kinds of mindsets and mind structures. And what happens, most people don't realize that, but what happens, there is a big group of people sharing a certain kind of a mind structure. Now, a mind structure is more than a mindset. A mind structure is how your mind operates, how it processes information, how it reacts and responds to things. So it's the way actually your entire world is created within your mind. Is down to a mind structure, which is changeable, but most people don't know about it. Now, naturally, we have groups of people sharing a certain mind structure, which can't communicate easy. It's, um, you know, f the geek and me will explain it in the geeky terms. So imagine that most people wear uh, window laptops, but there was a small number or a certain number of uh, Macs. Now, 
although both of them, both groups are laptops, they wouldn't be able to communicate easily because uh, Windows will say, oh, check this cool uh, exit file. And the Mac will say, I don't know what that is. You know, I, I can't open it, whatever. So this happens um, in real terms as well. And this is why uh, people who are minority, and these are the people I call stars. The reason why I call them stars with a capital S is because um, I don't know if you know about Hermes Trismegistus, the famous emerald um, tablet. One of the rules of, one of the main spiritual rules is as above, so below. And same as we have in the universe, the luminaries and the planets, and the luminaries shine. The human stars shine as well. So if you switch your perception, and I call it the extended perception, if you switch your perception uh, to the range where you can see energies, and it's perfectly doable, by the way, it's not, it's not mystery, it's not some rocket science. I teach it and all my students can do it. So most of us can do it. Now, if you switch your extended perception on and you notice the energy, you will notice that people or humans, you know, the window... Kind of the Windows kind of <laughs> mindset, they will have auras, the field around us, where they radiate energy and that energy floats about like blobs of different colors. But with stars, even with sleeping stars, and by sleeping stars, I mean those who haven't woken up to their mission yet. So they don't know who they are. They think they're humans. They think they're like everyone else, except they're not. Because if you switch your extended perception on and you look at them and you will notice that instead of the normal, typical colors, sometimes even murky colors like normal people have, they have just the universal golden glow. So they glow, and it's really easy to distinguish them from the rest. But it's not the only difference. Um, the other difference, many differences that connect us all is that we think in a different way. We can't do certain things that humans do, and humans can't do certain things that we do. For example, one of the main things for us is we can't do nine to five. We would rather die. <laughs> it's, it's a version of hell that is inconsiderable even. So when someone says, oh, you know, it could be a, a manager in like 10 years time who would like, I'd rather staff. <laughs> Thank you very much. But no, not ever. Um, another difference between us and humans, for example, if um, you take a typical human person and you start talking about spirituality, they will look at you like a weirdo and run away, probably screaming. Any star, even a sleeping star, will say, ooh, this is interesting, tell me more. And then after a while, when they get a bit comfortable, they will probably admit that, yeah, you know, as a child, I could see the auras, or as a child, I was interested in energies and I was trying to do some magic, but humans kept shaming me, so I suppressed that part of me. But I want to go back because it feels like home, it feels like me. So we're different in many ways. And this book is for stars, about stars. How do you live? Because you see, humans have, um, well, essentially a very cushy, position here because they've created this world for themselves and they have all the paradigms already in place so everything is like scripts you know what to do if you're a human person so easy so you're born you go to school uh, you graduate uh, find a fiance uh, get a mortgage find a job get married 
well, in any order, um, get married, have kids, die. Nice and easy. The script is already there for you. You don't need to think. So whatever job you're after, there are already scripts of what you need to study, how you get into that job and what happens, right? So easy, step by step already. All those instructions are out there. For stars, we don't have that. We have to find our own path. We have to learn ourselves what it takes to become what we are called to become because we have mission, a mission to fulfill here. We have something more to do. We are here on a mission to change the world. There is no script to tell you how to do it step by step. So we have to find every single bit and learn it often the hard way. And this is why this book helps so many stars to understand how to live your life your own way and not follow the human script. Where did you start with writing this? When, where did you think, I've got all these ideas, these things that I know to be true, and I want to make them accessible to readers all around the world? You know what? I wish it were like that. I would have been so much easier, but it wasn't. So uh, 19 years ago, <laughs> it started 19 years ago, there was this story written in this book that appeared and absolutely demanded that I wrote it down. And back then, I didn't even consider myself a writer. It was many years ago, so I didn't like writing. I liked speaking. And I like talking to people, but writing wasn't really my thing. But that book absolutely, the story absolutely insisted that it would be me who writes it down. Um, and I thought, well, can't you just find anyone else? So I was, um, I was in denial about it for a bit. Um, I didn't, you know, how on the uh, hero's journey, um, first you are presented with a challenge. And then you fight against the challenge because you don't want to do that. Mm. And then finally, um, finally you agree, thinking, okay, fine. Well, it's, if that's my mission, that's, if that's what I need to do, I will do it. Uh, <laughs> grudgingly. So I started writing it down. I didn't, that explain, that is explained actually uh, on the first page. I didn't have to think about the plot, the action, any of the characters, the chapter structure, nothing, because it was already there. All I needed to do is to be there, to witness the story, almost like a journalist. So I would go there with my mental notepad, just write things down, whoever said what, um, and just type it, which made it really difficult to write because uh, the way I wrote it was, uh, well, e even for me, because I wrote different books, so this is the only one that is a novel. Other books that I write are factual books, are textbooks for my students. And they're on Amazon, as I told you. So with this one, I would suddenly catch myself sitting in front of a screen, now, which, which now has gone blank, um, like an hour later. I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like blank outs because what would happen i would go into state of um, trance or meditation if you will and just be there be there in that world with them observe them then come back and write it down this is how i wrote it so it's not uh it's not something i thought of it's not the way that you described that you thought oh you know i've got this knowledge which i would like to share with the world it wasn't quite like that uh the book 
the story demanded, found me somehow, demanded that I would be the channel through which it comes into the world. And essentially, I just obliged. <laughs> if you need to tap into the channel, was there anything that you would do to allow yourself to be more receptive of the story? So would you... Let's talk about the routine then. Would you wake up? Would you sit down in front of your, your laptop at the same time every day so you could be there ready for this story to come upon you? How would it work? Talk me through a day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed when you were writing this story. Well, I knew the story already. Um, it appeared uh, like, uh, as a complete thing in my mind's eye. Now the details, I had to retrieve the way I told you. So I would go into a meditation, go on the astral plane, so to speak, into that world and just follow them around and observe what they were doing and describe it the best I could. This is what I was doing. Um, and the way I was writing, I would wake up, have some typical meditation because that's what I do. I meditate first thing, then I do my workout, um, have my breakfast after and would just sit down and write until I'm too tired to even think. So that would be past midnight. I would go to sleep and next day, repeat. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We'll be back with more from Jay and the secrets of the universe in just a sec. First, uh, before we get today's writing tip, let me just point you in the direction of all the places that you can get in touch, uh, which many of you have done, by the way, with suggestions of authors that you want to hear from, which I really appreciate. And I assure you that the cogs have started turning with those. So thanks so much. Now, Twitter is always a brilliant place to give me a shout. You can find us on Writer's Pod there. And thank you to Susan Earlham, by the way, for including us as one of her favourite creativity podcasts on her blog which is amazing now you can read that and all of her wonderful writing is over on oldfashionedsusie.com 
So that's Twitter. Also, we're on Instagram at Writer's Routine there. You can get some nice, glossy, motivational, inspirational pictures to keep you through the day on Insta. And you can send us a message too. And you can have a listen to all the shows that you may have missed so far and get all the ways to catch the show on the website too. Uh, That is writersroutine.com. Right then, let's get a little writing tip that may change the way you work forever. This is the one little addendum to the interviews and the guests that we've had on the show in the last few weeks. I grab them for an extra minute right at the end of our chat and try and drag out any last tiny bit of gold that might be glimmering away there. And today it's something that you probably already know. To be honest, it's something that you probably already do. But it's always nice to hear it from a successful author who's been there, who's done it. It lets you know you're on the right path. My name's Garrett Conley. Uh, I wrote the book Boy Erased and it's out right now. And here's my tip. Read everything and read voraciously and don't question it. Just follow your instincts and you'll write something unusual because everyone writes the same thing. Now you can get links to Garrett Conley's incredible memoir, Boy Erased, on our website if you want to read it before the film comes out later on this year. And if you haven't heard his interview yet, I know I went on about it at the start of the show, but I absolutely urge you to do so. You can find it on your favourite podcast place and have a listen over at writersroutine.com. Let's get part two of today's chat then with J.H. Tepley. It's all about her book, The Guardians. It is part one of the Lightwatch Chronicles, and it's designed to tap into the energy power that is hiding uh, around humanity, she says. And it lets the stars that are there that will find this book know their true calling. Now, in this bit, we get a little reading from the book from Jay. Also, you can hear how that book commanded her to write it. And we start with the mental blueprint that she made to get it published and how she spoke to the universe to get it out there. And why at the beginning, even with all that in mind, it's still, just like it is for everyone, a little bit tough. You know, I didn't have any connections at the time, um... I tried to write to some publishers and predictably they weren't interested because, um, you know, I'm not a J.K. Rowling or a J.J. Martin. So they thought, oh, you know, some some new author, who cares? So obviously um, they rejected me. So I thought, well, well, fine. And uh, yeah, it was just sitting in my drawer for many, many years. So a couple of things then. How did you finally get it published? Oh, it was really interesting. Um, you know, The Secret, right? The book. Oh, uh, yeah. So we have those powers of manifesting things by tuning our mind into it. And I suddenly thought to myself... When you say that very quickly, what do you mean? Um, you can create a blueprint of reality as you want it in your mind and you can make it happen. But if you've got... If there are many people with the skills and the qualities that you have, many stars in the world. How can everyone have a blueprint that they want? Surely there's too much confliction there. For instance, if you as a star wanted this book to be published, I know this is very trite what I'm saying, but you understand. If, If you wanted this book to be published, but someone else with the skills that you have mapped in their mind's blueprint they don't want it to be published Mm. there's a confliction there what happens oh that's very easy um same the energy interaction whoever is the strongest wins okay so if my signal my will my desire is stronger than that person's i win do you believe they're stronger they win (laughs) so is energy conscious then energy as a part as as matter all energy is conscious yes we are submersed in the ocean of conscious energy it's self-aware you can interact with that this is how you can, um, for example, you know, shamans, 
Yes. And they talk to plants and they talk to places and they get true answers. Well, providing that they're good shamans, obviously, they're not making it up. But um, the true shamans who were trained in their craft, they can go to a place and tell you what happened in that place centuries ago. And then you can go and research and find it to be true. Or you can talk to plants. This is how people in the old days discovered that certain plants were medicinal. Because they talk to them, they ask them. Now, how would a person ask a plant, right? They don't even have a mouth. The reason why that exchange of information was possible is because our mind is energy and the plant is energy as well. So if you know that, if you know how to tune your mind into receiving the information of the world around you, then you can communicate with anything. Let me take you back to the blueprint then that got this book published. How did you think of it? How did you put it into action? How is it sat here in front of me? Right. So I thought to myself... Why don't I use some powers to just make things happen? And I said, we have a very interesting, um, well, dialogue or a relationship with the story because I n- almost see it as a thing in itself. Since it came to pester me to write it down, uh, I sometimes in my mind nearly talked to it thinking, well, you know, y- you... like leave me alone or something like that but at the end I said look I can write you down but I don't have the connections to do anything else so you would have to do something about it and I was too busy to find a publisher and I did try to write to them they weren't interested and I said look I don't have the energy and nor then neither the energy nor the time to do it so you do it and the publisher found me. Had you written to that publisher at all? So you had written to the publisher that found you. No. So how did they know about you? Um, like it, it, you it, said it was earlier, an introduction. You... It was an introduction. Someone who uh, liked my book and who knew the publisher suggested to him that we should work together, and it worked out. Do you think he loved he loved the book? He loved the book straight away. Do you think that? What, what, what you just described there, many people would just see as a simple coincidence. It's a very strange coincidence because it happened after many years of, not, of nothing happening, suddenly, just when I decide that something would manifest. Just then. And because such coincidences happen every time, when I decide to manifest something, then, you know, if a coincidence happens every time, it ceases to be a coincidence. You said when you were writing this that you... It just came to you and you wrote it down. Was there yes. no was there no thought to who your characters should be, how you should explore them? Was there no notes about the plot at all? No, nothing. I knew them. Well, obviously, having spent so many years with them, um, in my mind anyway, I often joke that I know them better than many people know their friends and families. I know everything about them. So I don't need to explore because I was just writing down uh, I got to know them so well, to the point where one, uh, one person who was um, clairvoyant many years ago said, you seem to have um, like three shadows, three guys following you around. Who are they? Uh, are they like dead spirits? I said, no, 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 they're not. He said, but they, um, they're like the energy things, so they must be spirits. I said, they're not spirits. And 
they're sort of my friends, <laughs> I would say, after so many years. But they're, yeah, they're those characters. What The only thing that confuses me and the only thing that I might be slightly critical on you on on how you said that you've written it is that you outlined how you would sit there and the story would come to you why did you then need to rewrite it if it almost wasn't you writing it if it was just the the universe's energy that was imploring you to tell this story why did you need to go back years later and think well I can make this better imagine someone showed you a great film like a fantastic film and you would be mind blown you would love the film and someone said okay so now as you watch that film write it down and now your skills come into play so you can't be unhappy with your skills and have to you know come back and rewrite something and improve it because although the story is there it's down to your writing expertise. And obviously back then it just wasn't there. It wasn't on the level where I would be happy with it. So although I knew the plot, I knew the story, I watched the film. One thing is to know about it. And another thing is to write it down because as you know, a film, and this is, I saw it almost like a film. It was a very immersive experience. So one thing is to um, have a film and another thing is to have a book. Those are completely different media. So things that work in the film, for example, wouldn't work in the book. So I would have to add certain elements in the book to make it nice and flowing. And this it wasn't about the story. This was technically about my writing skills so how did you think of those how did you come up with the elements that you needed to write to make it flow more I had to learn to become a novelist writer which is something I've never explored before because as I said I'm a factual writer I read textbooks so the first version was very scientific more of like Oh, uh, have a look at those stars in their natural habitat. So during winter, they do this and that. And that wasn't a compelling read. It was very, very dry and scientific. So I thought, okay, this wouldn't do. And I had to do something. I had to learn, um, teach myself essentially creative writing rather than academic writing, which is my natural forte. You said earlier to me, uh, when I described it as a mere self-help book, that that was quite a simplistic form of what this is. It's as much of a self-help book as The Alchemist is. What do you want it to be? What 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 is the purpose of this? If energy and if the world and if universe, if the universe was telling you to write this, what does it want it to be? What's its purpose? To awaken the sleeping stars. So I'll read this out. A time will come when people will forget. Many will lose the memory of all that made them strong, their light within, integrity, loyalty and honour. Many will stray from their path, tortured by their own fear and blinded by the shadow. But we will return. Remember this. We will return again to show the way and to awaken the sleeping stars and once more will the world herald the tale of the guardians. 
There you go then. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and found it a little bit eye-opening, I guess. Uh, We had a lot in there about creativity, but also about spirituality. And it's nice to mix things up every now and then. And by all means, if what Jay was talking about, if you completely got that, I mean, we all got it, but you know what I mean? If it completely resonated with you, check out her mind training program, Aria. It's online and you can also get links to all of her work on the website, writersroutine.com. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't have any more authors in the bag at the moment. (laughs) There are a couple of irons in the fire, but nothing's coming out red hot as of yet. So it may be a couple of weeks before we chat again. I will keep you updated with everything that's going across Twitter and Instagram. So find Writer's Pod and Writer's Routine on both of those. And actually, I guess if you are an author and you want to, I'm not pleading, but you know, it's nice to be nice. It's nice to help people out. We've got a few listeners now, so it's always helpful. If you are an author and you want to chat to people about your work and how you made it, Maybe we can do something there too. There's always a little bit of wriggle room. Uh, So let me know what you think. Writersroutine.com. And thanks for listening. I will see you soon with another Writers Routine. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.